Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Monkeys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dollars Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time world champion professional wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you monkeys, well, you're listening to Geek Vibes Nation. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a good thing. Welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, We are titling this episode, wait, Titans is dropping F-bombs? Yes, don't worry, we will get into what that means uh, with with our uh, topic regarding Titans uh, soon, so that'll make more sense to you, but if you're a geek, you know what we mean by that. Uh, but like I said, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Juwan. I am joined by my co-host, Dane. What's going on, Dane? Hi, I'm Dane. I sell lemonade. Come buy it. He does, but the lemonade is actually pee, so don't drink it. And we are also joined <laughs> by Chris. Chris, what's going on? What's going on? And I don't want any of Dean's lemonade. I would are you little... <laughs> I would definitely not suggest it uh, But we have a packed show So let's not waste too much time But before we get into our topics I do want to give a shout out To Kanan, Nick, and Joel uh, Kanan is on vacation I'm sure Nick is in some part of the world um, And Joel is just being Joel So they are not on the show with us today Obviously uh, That is correct, Dane Lock and load uh, but hopefully they will be with us next week. And what's annoying about what I just said is exactly what I said about these guys last week. So let's actually hope all three of them will be back next week. But if not, you guys know me and Dana hold it down as per usual. Um, let's get into our topic. Let's get into our topic. Uh, I had we had Joel actually give us a list of topics. And I usually read them from top to bottom, but Joel put some of the most boring topics at the beginning. So I'm going to have to move some things around. Let's start off with some DC stuff. Uh, we got our first look at Barbara Minerva, uh, played by Kristen Wiig, who will be playing Cheetah in Wonder Woman 84, a.k.a. Wonder Woman 2. Uh, not much for me to really say about the photo. It was kind of bland. It was her in a really nice dress, uh, looking like, uh, it seemed as though she was in like a museum of looking, it looked like animal, like an animal museum or something like that. Uh, we do know the character Cheetah does love to steal uh, artifacts and stuff like that, so it totally makes sense. Uh, but obviously it's before she becomes Cheetah, so the photo just looks whatever. Um, so it's not much for me to really break down. Uh, she looks like you know, she's doing a good job as Barbara Minerva, I guess. Uh, Dane, what are your thoughts at the first look at Barbara Minerva? I mean, the same thing that you said. She's in her friggin' Sunday dress and shit, and that's about all we get from the picture. It's uh, good that Chris <laughs> on set. You know, it's it's the uh, 
tangibilization, if you will, um, that something's going to happen soon. I basically just butchered John Campia's word that he made up, but that's okay. does not fucking matter. Either way, yeah, okay. So I'm assuming that at some point in in, in the story, they're going to be friends. She's going to get whatever that turns into Cheetah, and then we go from there. I don't know if this is in the past, or it's going to be in 1984 where they are in the movie, but Kristen Wiig is still Cheetah, and that's kind of weird to me. I still am going to give her a chance and the benefit of the doubt, but it just was kind of a choice out of nowhere. But I do like Kristen Wiig. She's a great comedic actress, so I'm going to see what she can provide for this character. But that's about it. Yeah, I mean, from from what I'm hearing, it seems as though um, that uh, she kind of has like an infatuation with Wonder Woman, uh, somewhat of wanting, I guess, to to be like her. Um, I kind of do from. And then it seems like from a sense of jealousy, she becomes Cheetah. However that might be, I don't want to really speculate on it. I, I don't like to compare it to what the comics are because it seems like both DC and Marvel stray away from uh, comic accuracy. So I'll go off of just pretty much from what I'm hearing, and it sounds like she has like an infatuation with, uh, with Diana. It, something happens. It then turns into jealousy. That then makes her uh, Cheetah. So... Again, grain of salt. I've not spoken to anyone at Warner Brothers to confirm this, um, but that's just pretty much what I'm hearing. But Chris, uh, did you get a, a look at Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva? Uh, I have, and I'm I'm pretty much on the same page with everything you guys are both saying. I think they're going to go kind of like the anti-villain route, maybe Killmonger. Like she's not really a bad person. Like she can't go super evil, but I think you're right. She probably has some kind of infatuation with um, the Wonder Woman character, wants to be her, um, you know, and maybe she's like a klepto or trying to do good. I don't know, but I really feel like, you know, she's got, you know, like you guys said, she's a great comedic actress, and she's actually done some drama. Uh, I can't think of the film off the top of my head, but she can pull off both, and if we're looking for someone to kind of like stalk her or kind of be creepy and and like obsessed with Wonder Woman, I think she'll do great as that. So I'm kind of excited. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think the biggest reason uh, I wasn't that big of a fan because uh, you weren't on. Uh, I don't know if you heard the show back when um, the news first broke that she was Cheetah, Chris. Uh, but I was the first first. Uh, I think it was me, Dana. No, and I didn't Nick. hear that. I think I think we were we were uh, we were pretty much saying um, a lot of times. Comedic, uh, comedic actors and actresses. Uh, to be a really good comedian sometimes means uh, it, it does kind of translate to um, acting. Uh, so a lot of the times, a lot of comedians can kind of do the crossover. Uh, and I had seen a few of her movies, and I thought she was a really, you know, a pretty good actress. So acting wasn't the issue that I had. The issue that I had was I had wanted Cheetah to be part of the Legion of Doom that it seemed as if DC was building to. And if she takes place in 1984, how can Lex get her to make her part of the Legion of Doom in 2018, 2019? So that was my biggest issue of them just using Cheetah at all at this point. Um, I was really hoping we could get a more modern-day Wonder Woman film uh, in today's time to where you could then incorporate Cheetah so then you can kind of use her for the Legion of Doom. Um, but now if you use her in 1984, I don't really see how you're able to to kind of 
use her going forward. But who knows? Who knows? They might do time travel. I, I don't know. I really hope they don't. But uh, do or you maybe think that there's – per- I don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. No, go ahead. Do you think that they're straying away from keeping her in the present because Superman and everyone's back? Like, who the hell is she going to fight with the Justice League behind her? Like, they have to put it in the past when none of these guys are around because they don't know what they don't know how to write a compelling arc that doesn't need the Justice League. You know, they don't know how to do what D, what Marvel's doing. So you're probably, you know, and we're not even 100 percent sure we're going to get the Legion of Doom movie anyway, are we? Well, that's I don't what they're building. We, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say I, I don't think we're going to get a movie, but if they continue to at least, you know, and we've kind of talked about this, do these individual DC stories fucking get us a Superman and a Batman movie going? Um, sorry, I didn't mean to scream that at you guys. I'm hoping that someone from DC has a radar on the show or some shit. Uh, Green Lantern. If they keep on kind of building, the only thread that connects the extended universe of DC together is this Legion of Doom thing. I think they can build up, rebrand Justice League to JLA, and kind of go from there with the Legion of Doom. It just, you know, because one of the coolest things I think about Justice League was that scene that Zack Snyder did of the after credit scene where we get to see, you know, Deathstroke and um, Lex Luthor. So if they keep that going in some right, the whole thing about Cheetah is, I mean, she could age really slowly because of this. We, Like I said, we don't even know where that picture is because Wonder Woman, we could be seeing her Good point. not start necessarily in 1984. She could be, you know, we could see this in the past. So she could be aging at a very, very slow rate. Time Anyone travel. That, uh, two dramatic movies, uh, like you were saying, with Kristen Wiig, I would definitely check out. One of them, I mean, was she was great in um, in The Martian. But uh, the Skeleton Twins was a great movie, uh, a dramatic, kind of yeah. comedic, dark. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I think she was also one like uh, I think it's called like Most Likely to Succeed or something like that, where she goes back home, and, and like she just gets like a series of like just her life just turns to shit on her. She has to go back to her small town. I forget what it was called. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I know what you're talking but, about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it wasn't I mean, a great I... movie, but she had a great performance in it. I have high hopes my biggest for this thing film. Is, my biggest thing is it seems like, because uh, you have Shazam that's present day, The Flash is going to be present day, um, Superman is going to be present day when we get that uh, that ball rolling. Uh, it looks like um, uh, League of Legion of Doom is going to happen. It uh, doesn't mean it's going to happen soon, but it looks like it's something that they want to set up. Uh, Dane, from what we were told, uh, me and you talked about this, from what we were told, there could be a, a after credit scene for Aquaman that uh, leads to the recruiting of Black Manta. Um, so, I mean, it I seems that's like what we'll that's what Right, that's when we'll know if it's official, because if, if that happens at the end of that, you could have Flash in to where Reverse Flash is, is, um, is picked up. You could have Green Lantern in to where Sinestro is, is recruited. So it seems like it's something that they want in their back pocket that I think if honestly, if they can, if they can do these movies correctly and build up to that, they could, they could, if huge, if, um, like I said, that's something that's huge. I mean, that's, that's as huge as Marvel talking about. They want to do an all female film. Like these are things that are huge. If you can get an all villain team versus all, that'd be huge. Yeah, with what you're saying, you're onto something. They can build the heroes and the villains at the same time by putting the villains right. in 
the post credit scenes and then giving them their own right. film. That's smart. Yeah. I have to that would be if that's what they're doing. But we don't know because DC ain't going to tell us. But, no. you know, <laughs> if that's what they're doing, you're right. That's, that's a very smart way to look at it. And if that's what they're trying to do, I'm not all for DC right now, but if that's what they're trying to do, then I might, I might be interested in that. Go ahead, Dane. You were saying something? Oh, no, I'm done. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I just want to make sure I didn't, I didn't move on and you had something else to add. Um, so, DC, if you're listening, be smart, stay smart, stay on course. Uh, Zack Snyder directed that scene for a reason. It was for a vision that he had, and I don't think just because he no longer works, you know, uh, firsthand with Warner Brothers in, in D.C. that you should trash that idea. That was a really great idea. Um, right, and say another it, thing. Quit using him as a scapegoat. Good. You didn't trust him. That's not his fault. That's your fault. You didn't trust his vision. You didn't like the box office numbers. But whatever. You're right. Go ahead, Juwan. I'm sorry. I had to say that. I just had no, to get it out. No, that's fine. That's fine. And crazy thing is, according to, I think Zack Snyder came out and said it, he's still producing, uh, or he's one of the executive producers for Wonder Woman 84. So it seems so like weird. the director's, it that seems is like so the directors weird. Yes, exactly weird. It seems like the Freaking directors love weird. him. It seems like they love a, him. A, I mean, he worked on the first Wonder Woman. From Zach, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't I, see I where all the hate is. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, we, I trust get us off topic. No, no. Trust me, we agree with you on that. We are Zach Snyder fans. We don't put the onus or all of it on him whatsoever. He did uh, help out with done. the first Wonder Woman film. Go ahead, then. I was just going to say, but it's not bad that he's gone either. I don't, I'm just either way. I don't really care. I just want DC to take my no, top characters that I love and do some good things with them. That's all. It was one of those right, things and where it, the directors, it, seemed right. like, it seemed like it wasn't good for, for either one of them to, to still keep working together. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not happy that he's gone because I would have liked to have seen uh, his vision play out. Uh, but I did think it was a toxic situation that both sides needed to get out of. Um, but let's keep let's keep this DC train going. Uh, we got a recent report from Heroic Hollywood uh, that apparently the Batman has started putting together a production crew. Uh, that means absolutely nothing to me because at this point I don't believe a Batman movie is happening till I see set photos. Uh, even if they came out at Comic Con and said, "All right, the Batman comes out in 2020," I still at that point wouldn't believe or trust Matt Reeves. So I started seeing set photos. Uh, there's just too many. There's just too many question marks around the film. One glaring one, like, who the hell is your Batman? <laughs> so it's like, so we hear and we find out these things, uh, hearing news that they're putting together a production team without a Batman. Kind of just seems like okay. It, it seems like it's taken out of context. I think Matt Reeves was like, all right, I want to start putting together a group of people that I would like to work with me on the Batman, whenever that might be. Uh, but I think the way the news was reported was it made it seem like he's getting a crew together because he's going to start filming soon. I don't think that's the case. I think it was just like, all right, I still want to do this movie. Here's a group of guys that I want to come with me to do this movie. That's about it. Uh, but, Dane, do, do you agree with that, or do you think him putting together a team means we could be getting news at Comic-Con and then possibly an official date? and then maybe an uh, actual production start date. 
<laughs> that was me practicing, just in case someone was wondering. Um, look, man, a fucking production team, great. Uh, you know, it just it gets to the point where I feel like this is an unsolved mystery episode, like a guy at the intro going, will Ben Affleck be playing Batman? Will Batman be in the same universe as everything else? Will this be in the past to be a younger Batman? Does Matt Reeves control this problem? Is Ben Affleck making this a pain in the ass thing? I don't fucking care anymore. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm sick of it. I'll believe that a production team is ready and this is going to happen when me shit turns purple and start tasting like orange sherbet. So, whatever. I don't fucking care. Make some announcements about this goddamn movie and figure out what you're going to do because if you don't, I don't even know, man. I, I don't even care anymore. This is the dumbest. This is the biggest character. You have either, and I've said this many different times, you either have Ben Affleck, who's having cold feet about this, causing all this bullshit, or you have Matt Reeves that's saying, I want a young Batman. I don't want him to see the universe. The way Warner Brothers are idiots for getting to either of those fucking concepts. I don't understand the contract. Situation. I don't understand why you abandon your fucking extended universe. Let it keep on going, but let this director, who's great, who made two great Planet of the Apes films, but other than that, I mean, I like Cloverfield, hasn't made that many fucking movies. You're going to let him do the Christopher Nolan thing? We've already gotten the Christopher Nolan thing. Have it part of the same fucking universe. No one wants two Batmans. No one wants two Jokers. I'm so over this. Production team. Like I said. Yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing that's <clears throat> that's frustrating is all of this is speculation. It's speculation that he wants a younger Batman. It's speculation that he wants it separated. It's speculation that Ben Affleck uh, doesn't want to still be Batman. This has been nothing that anyone has confirmed, whether it's Ben, whether it's DC, whether it's Matt. Uh, and I think what's so confusing is it's like the new, the speculation that's coming out isn't good news. So you would think that somebody would come out and go, oh, don't worry, guys, Ben is still on. Or don't worry, guys, it's still going to, you know, my Batman is still going to be part of your Justice League. Like, the fact that no one's saying anything makes me think it's not speculation. It's it's truth. (laughs) There's some truth to it. It it seems like uh, Matt Reeves does want his Batman to be younger. It seems like Matt Reeves does not want Ben to be his Batman. It also seems like Matt Reeves thinks, he won 18 Oscars and has the, the, the right to decide whether or not he wants his Batman to be part of a universe that's already been created. So, I mean, so much about it is just very confusing. But like I said, it's all still just speculation. We have no idea. Last time we heard from Ben, Ben said, I, I'm still excited to be Batman. <laughs> and last time we heard from, from Matt, he was saying, there's still going to be a Batman film. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, to me, I get DC, you're growing your legs, you're trying to establish yourself, you have new management, but the worst thing you could do, yeah, that's true, but the worst thing you could do as a movie company is allow your fan base to assume anything, especially when the news that comes out is negative, especially in today's world where it doesn't take much for someone to bash DC. Now you're giving them an actual reason to uh, because of the dysfunction. I mean, you have a Shazam movie happening. You have a uh, possible Harley Quinn movie happening and no Superman 2, no, no Flash, <laughs> no Green Lantern. Like, it, 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 so much of it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. Well, uh, no, no. It just 
would you rather Matt Reeves to have a separate Batman that's younger, that's not a part of this extended universe, or them to do an HBO television show for Batman that's separated from everything, but the movies they do is going to be a part of that fucking universe. Like, I don't understand it. If you're going to do something separate, put on television. My biggest issue is when you hired Matt Reeves, and again, it's a different, it's different ownership, but when you hired Matt Reeves, was this not a conversation that was had? Like, why does it seem like it's news? Like, when he first came on, did you guys not say, like, hey, we kind of want our Batman to be a part of the, the Justice League world. Like, you don't, have to, you don't have to center your movie around the fact that it exists in, you know, in the world of Superman and stuff like that. But it's still connected. So what I'm confused about is, is Matt Reeves pulling this now that there's new ownership? Or was this something that was already talked about and agreed upon uh, with, with, with the last regime? So, I mean, a whole, like I said, a, a lot of it makes no sense. I wouldn't have any issue if Matt Reeves came out and said he was doing a TV series for Batman. I think that'd be great. But if you're telling me that you want to do a movie, I am not a fan. That'd be like if Kevin Feige said, hey, guys, you know how we have, like, Iron Man? Well, we're going to do a Colin Farrell Iron Man also with an actual Mandarin. But we're still going to have Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> just just have the Iron Man that you have now. Just have one. Uh, so, like I said, a lot of it just makes absolutely no sense. Chris, what what are your thoughts on them uh, getting a production team? And does that mean anything to you? Uh, do you have any faith that we'll get a Batman film with both Matt Reeves and, and Ben Affleck? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, we will not get a, a film with the two of those. And everything Dean said, yes. Everything you guys have said, yes. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm willing to wager, uh, with my limited knowledge of the business, that originally D, uh, DC and Warner Brothers said, yeah, Matt, you can do whatever you want with your Batman. And now they're like, no, Matt, you can't do whatever you want with your Batman. And Matt's like, but that's how you got me on board. And they're like, well, we don't. We want the Batman now. I think now they're trying to... They understand that it doesn't make sense to have the two Iron Man or two Batman philosophy. And you're right, Dean. If you're going to do it, stick to television. I can buy that that's a separate universe. I cannot buy that there's a separate cinematic universe because I can't buy your first cinematic universe. What the hell makes you think I'm going to buy your second low-budget, grittier one? Like, if honestly, I'm going to like those films better than your other one. But I don't understand two Jokers. I don't understand two Batmans. And... Ben Affleck is young enough. You can make him 30. You can, he can drop some weight, change his hair color, and clean shave him. He can play Bruce at 31, 30. What, how young do you want your Batman to be? I don't know what's going on. Like, I really don't. And I don't care unless there's ink on paper, contract signing. And I honestly, I'm kind of bummed out that Jake Gyllenhaal won't be able to play Batman. And if Matt Reeves is going to direct it, I hope it's on television and not on the big screen. Yeah, the, the the issue was he got hired, Matt Reeves, uh, I, I'm talking about, right at right around the height of the last Planet of the Apes. And I think Warner Brothers at that moment was just like, I guess they were blown away. It was a great movie. I don't want to by any means uh, because he's frustrating me now. It wasn't spectacular, though. It was good. No, 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 no. It wasn't spectacular, but it was, it was a good movie. Um, so I can understand how they were like, all right, this seems like a really good movie. Uh, director, and I'm going to be honest with you. 
after after seeing the the two uh, Planet of the Apes that he directed, I felt like if there was anyone that could do a gritty Gotham, it would be a guy who gave us a gritty Planet of the Apes. And I was completely on board with him being the director. What I'm not on board with is it seems like, like you were saying, Chris, that when Warner Brothers hired him, they were just so blown away. They were like, they were like, all right, whatever you want to do, right? They gave him cart by all Kate means, Blanchett right? Or- Car blanche. Right. Right. They were like, do whatever you want. And he was just and like, like, whatever. No. Yeah, and they were right, like, whatever. No, whatever. You just told Matt Reeves, uh-oh, you <laughs> fucked up. Right? Yeah, so it seems like when Walter Hamada came in, it was just like, all right, I don't know what they told you, but you're definitely not That's splitting fine. up <laughs> my universe right. when this- I just got here. So, I mean, like I said, I, I have no idea, man. I have no idea. Dane, me and you came up with a great idea on how you could do uh, the um, Martin Scorsese Joker with Jared Leto, have it all still connected so you don't have to separate anything. And you don't. If, if, people, if people are against that, I'll say this. I'm not huge on the idea of Joaquin Phoenix being Joker, mainly because really? it's only because it's the same guy who done. said, I don't want to be signed on. For multi-pictures. So it's like, okay, wait, wait. You're going to separate Joker and Batman to have duplicates, but you're going to sign on a guy who's telling you he doesn't want to do more than one? So it's like, it, it, it makes no sense to do a one-off on a Joker origin. I'm going to be completely honest. No one cares about and no one asks for it. There is no one out there that's sitting there like, man, I've been waiting for the day we got this Joker origin. No, no one but cares. I can see it in my mind's eye with Martin Scorsese's grittiness and realisticness, this could be groundbreaking. I know that sounds but, so, I know everyone's going to give, I, I just feel goosebumps when I see his performance with his, uh, you know, ability to make good films. I mean, I think that that's a good, I don't know what they're doing with it. You're right. It doesn't make any sense, but I think that film, I'm excited for that film. But my, really thing is, I think, my, my thing is, my thing is, Scorsese, producing it. And even though I think that he's going to have a lot of involvement, Todd Phillips, who I like the first hangover. I like the movie with Jonah Hill that he did. I forgot what the hell it's called, but I mean, his track records, meh. I'm just saying, if you're going to have all that talent, Jared Leto has a fucking, no, not much ball. Um, I'll I'll try to remember it in a second. Anyways, um, you're going to put all that talent. Just, just no, no. Uh, uh, what you call it? Just, sorry. Just Jared Leto. With uh, with you know, uh, Oscars. I'm sorry, let me let me start all over again. Just use Jared Leto, basically. There's no reason not to. Let them do something that's more like The Departed than like Goodfellas. You don't have to have it take place in the '80s. It can be in the late '90s, early uh, 2000s, and show the rise of Jared Leto. I don't fucking really care about, honestly, um, you know, do them doing the Killing Joke without any attachment to Batman. So, and they're not going to do the whole Barbara right. Gordon part. It's only like the before when he's joining the whole mob and stuff like that and kind of forced into it and then probably becomes psychotic somehow. Great. I think that's cool. Then but change the name the of the film. Hate, change it to something else. One of the things that, one of the things that people hate about it, um, you know, is the fact that they're going to, you know, or Jared Leto's Joker in general is the fact that he has tattoos. Well, why he gets tattoos? Let that be a part of like a victim thing that he does maybe beforehand. Show him becoming like a hitman or some type of mob boss that climbs the top. Like me and you said, like 
Scarface style almost. Like they presented him in that club, in, in which I think is really the only good scene with Jared Leto's Joker is that club scene um, in the movie uh, Suicide Squad. So do something like that. I, I just don't understand the need for two of them. I like Joaquin Phoenix, but you're right. He's only going to want to do one. And is it really worth it? And Joaquin Phoenix is kind of older. I, I didn't expect him to go that old if he's supposed to be like the origin story of the Joker. It's, it's very weird, Juwan. Yeah, no, I agree. And my biggest issue is everyone who had an issue with Joker having tattoos, here's my issue with that fan base that has an issue with the look of Jared Leto's Joker. They swear by Heath Ledger's Joker, whose makeup was applied. That wasn't even his skin. He applied the makeup. So it's like oh. that wasn't even that wasn't even a comic accurate Joker. So now that you have a version because Believe it or not, people, there is a version of the Joker in the comics that had a huge dragon tattoo on his back and was somewhat riddled with tattoos. Uh, yep. That is a comic version of the Joker. So I just feel, and Dane, me and you talk about this all the time, I think a lot of people, one, like to just complain, and two, really have no idea about these characters outside of what they see one person say that they then attach themselves to. So to me, if you say you are a fan of Heath Ledger's Joker and you are fine with the look of his Joker but have an issue with Jared Leto's Joker's look, I, it, it completely confuses me. I, I have no idea where you're coming from with it. Uh, and all I can say is one of the tattoos they did say Harley gave him, the damaged one. Harley gave him that tattoo. Uh, I'm with you, Dane. I'd like to see how he got the rest of the tattoos and how in a city with the Falcons, in a city with Penguin, in a city with Mr. Freeze, how Joker took over that mob underworld and, and was, yes, Black Mask, and was able to hold that level of power throughout the years. I would love to see how he, how he went from someone who was trying to become a comedian or whatever route you want to go with the origin of him to becoming this huge mob boss that is taking it to Batman. I want to see that, and I think Martin Scorsese producing that with Jared Leto would interest a lot more people than you bringing on uh, Joaquin Phoenix for one movie. It's like, well, if you're bringing him for one movie, no one asked for it. No one really – when I say no one wants it, it's no slight to Scorsese or Phoenix. It's just like it's the joke. That'd be like if Marvel came out and did a um, – a villain movie, uh, uh, like a villain movie of Thanos, like the origin of Thanos. Like, all right, yeah, would it be cool to see? Sure, but no one really wants it or asks for it. So, like, there's just no need to do it, especially at the expense of blowing up or weirdly expanding your DC universe. It's like, to me, it's just, you're confusing too many people. It's unnecessary. Keep it in the same world. Have Scorsese work with Leto and Todd Phillips and do it that way and get Matt Reeves to buy into keeping Batman in that same universe, and then we're good. I don't see why that's so difficult with them. I, I really, honestly, I, I don't get it. But like I said, at this point, it's just all speculation. No one has confirmed anything. Excuse me. No one has confirmed anything on Warner Brothers' end. So at this point, we're, we're stressing ourselves out when Warner Brothers could come out during Comic-Con and go, Everything they said was false. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And we're not doing that. So, I mean, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like you hear it and you believe it because it's DC. 
It's just like when, when Fox was going through that long, uh, you know, tenure of just, like, putting out bad films uh, as far as their superheroes. It was like, I could believe Fox would do something, like, really idiotic, like having Galactus be a huge cloud. Like, I'd believe that. So, I mean, like I said, though, it makes no sense for us to get all wound up because we have no idea. So let's just wait and see. But, like I said, let's keep this uh, DC train going. DC did one cool thing by giving us a look into their new streaming service where they showed us they'll be having comics, uh, excuse me, live action shows like Titans, Swamp Thing, uh, animated shows like the Harley Quinn show, the original animated shows, uh, just a whole bunch of DC content. They'll be doing a trial run in August for the official launch to be sometime this fall. Uh, In the midst of them showing off their new streaming service, we got a look at Robin, um, who I'm going to say this again, and Dane, I I have to ask you and Chris, because Joel yelled at me, but I, I think my question came from a sense of, like, where a lot of people's minds may have gone. They've shown this Robin holding a bow staff, and he's still Robin. What I'm confused about is this is Dick Grayson. So let's, let's, let's get all this speculation out. This is Dick Grayson, without a shadow of a doubt. What confuses me, Dan, is is it just me, or does he look very similar to Red Robin? And he kind of has a feel of Red Robin, but they're saying his background is He's sick of living in, in, in Bruce's shadow, so he decides to go off on his own, kind of move away from Gotham City and go off on his own. But that's what Nightwing did. That's not what Robin did. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little confused. Kind of, help me out here, Dane. Am, am, I, am I being, like, ridiculous, or can you kind of see where I'm coming from? A lot about Dick Grayson screams Red Robin and not Nightwing <laughs> at all, but... I don't know, Dane. What's going on here? Well, you got to take the Red Robin part out of it because that's more of like a modern thing they they uh, mimicked with Tim Drake off of um, the Kingdom Come stuff for the New 52 thing. But I get what you're saying. Um, I can't remember, man. It's been a long time since I read Mark Wolfman and George Perez's Teen Titans uh, or the new Teen Titans, I mean. But I'm pretty sure at the beginning of it he came – in as Robin, but shortly became Nightwing throughout the beginning of that team of when he formed it. So he found his own identity because the original Titans, uh, before the new Teen Titans, was Wonder Girl, it was um, Wally West Flash, it was, um, you know, all the, all the uh, sidekicks, Aqua, Aqualad, um, all the sidekicks, and they all dressed up the same way, basically. And then New Teen Titans happened, and that's when he was trying to get away from Bruce Wayne and eventually put on that sexy outfit with the exposed chest and the, uh, the wing flaps for the first Nightwing costume. Got to check that out. And then eventually just put on the whole thing for Nightwing. So I think this season you're going to see that transition in Nightwing. Or in Nightwing. In Titans, I mean, not Nightwing. <laughs> um, you're going to see Jason Todd possibly become the kid curious with Batman that eventually becomes the next Robin. So I don't think you're going to have him die or anything like that yet. I think that that's going to happen. And then maybe Jason Todd's Robin joins Titans and he's Nightwing at that point. 
kind of similar to Young Justice with him and Tim Drake is what I'm assuming. Okay, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. I was just confused, uh, and like I said, that's why I ask you guys questions. I don't assume anything. I always ask questions. It just, he seems, he he didn't seem like like Dick Grayson's Robin. Like, Dick Grayson's Robin didn't have a bow staff. He had the two, um, uh, like, sticks that he could form into, like, uh, uh, you know, one one bar. Um, he also had a lot of it confused me. Little, Go ahead. He also had little green booty shorts with, with nothing underneath them and winged, uh, you know, uh, shoes. So... You know, that is yeah. I'm expecting him to take a little bit of liberty with the character. They usually do, and they're probably it probably is um, Dick Grayson. They're just I think they're taking liberties with the source material, which That's I, my I never have an That's issue. That's what I think with. they're doing. No, I, I mean, never I have an issue with kinda. because if you if you watch CW, that all all the CW shows is just nothing but Guggenheim and Berlanti taking liberties. Uh, with those characters. So I've grown to be okay with taking liberties uh, with, with these DC characters. So I'm fine with that. It's just, I was like, I thought when Dick Grayson left Bruce, the point of him leaving Bruce was to get out of his shadow. That's why he left Robin behind and became Nightwing. So when I see him dressed as Robin, I'm like, all right, like, I thought he was trying to get away from all that, but Dane, I, that's why I asked you, and I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you gave me the answer you gave me, because if you're telling me he grows, you know, like at the end of the season, like someone tells him, like you know, if you want to truly get out of, you know, uh, Fat Man's shadow, you're gonna have to become your own man, and then he goes, I've been flirting with the idea of becoming something else, and then it ends with maybe like him looking at a new costume. And someone goes, hey, Robin. And he goes, no, not Robin anymore. Call me Nightwing. And then in season two, we see him as Nightwing. I'd be fine with that. I'm completely fine with the idea of that. Yeah. It just it threw me off. It me threw me off at, at first glance. I was just like, I thought him leaving Batman was to get out of being Robin. Um, but, I mean, it, the, the photo that they gave us of him as uh, Britain's, uh, I can't remember his last name, but Britain, he looked dope as Robin. And I'm going to put this out there. Even if you have to fire Matt Reeves to do it, I don't want you to bring in any other Robin now except for this kid. That photo looks sick. It looks gritty. It looked like I. it looked like Ben Affleck Robin. It looked exactly like I what I would have wanted picture. Ben Affleck uh, of them together, right, Dan? That's what I'm saying. That picture that I think Boss Logic did of the Ben Affleck Batman with him next to it was pretty fucking awesome. I don't know this kid's range. I don't know if it's someone that's meant for a television format show or if this is someone like one of the kids from Stranger Things that shows a lot of potential acting-wise that we could see him. But either way, visually, that was pretty fucking awesome. And i got to be honest with you, I mean, I would never call a movie Batman and Robin, but if you want to do dynamic duo or some shit like that and fucking let Matt Reeves jump off a clip with his movies or whatever the fuck, that's a pretty cool... It, it looks pretty damn cool, is all I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, right. War Dogs, or, that movie, I was thinking Todd Phillips, by the way. I just wanted... I remembered ah, that, so I had, a, I had a... There you go, War Dogs. I, I was thinking of what Jonah Hill was in that Todd Phil, uh that he might have directed War Dogs. That's it. Oh, okay, uh, with, War um, Dogs. Yeah, Miles... 
it was with Miles. Was his name no, Miles? It was something? from Fan, the guy from Fan yeah. Four Stick. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Dane, yeah, the I, I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. I would love because, like you said, it, a lot of people don't always translate to movies well. Last thing I saw Britain in was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean: Stranger Tides. I think that was the last one with Javier Bardem. Uh, he was he was uh, Will Sun. And I thought he did good in it, but I don't really want to judge him off a Pirates of the Caribbean movie because uh, no one really gives Oscar-worthy performances in those movies. So I don't want to really judge him good or bad off of that. Uh, so I'd have to go and see something else that he might have done outside of that. Um, but, Dane, me and you have said this all the time. Remember how we kept trying to say incorporate the Batman into the CW universe? Maybe, maybe you don't need to. Maybe just incorporate him in whatever universe you're building with Titans. Like if you're building a universe just within your streaming service, call up Sam Witwer or um, you know uh, some of those guys that we put out there, Dane. Have them be the Batman of of that universe, and then we could see. I'd love this because if anyone played the Arkham Knight games and you saw the team ups of Batman and Nightwing, I would love to see that play out on screen. And it seems like we'd get it a lot sooner on television than we would in the movies. So wherever I can get it, I would love to see Batman and Nightwing team up, uh, even if it's just for, like, an episode. I, like I said before, Dane, we, we talked about this. I would love it to be if Jason Todd did die and came back and you spend an episode of uh, Dick Grayson and, and Bruce Wayne hunting down what they think might be someone uh, portraying Jason Todd until they realize it's actually him. I would love an episode like that, them putting their detective skills together, knocking some heads around, and then finding out that at the end of the episode, Jason Todd is that it's really him and he's alive. And then you see Nightwing kind of go through, like, having to deal with that and stuff like that. I would love that. I would love an episode like that. Uh, we may not get it, but any way you can put in Batman, I'm, I'm always game for it. Uh, but, but, Chris, before we move on, what, what are your thoughts on the whole DC streaming service and uh, our first look at um, Britain as Robin? Our first full look at, at Britain as Robin. Um, I, think it looks, I think it looks pretty cool. Um, I'm excited because I hope it's a tonal shift difference between the CW shows. I'm not a fan of any of the DC um, CW shows. I I tried to get into them, and it's just not my thing. Um, I'll read, like, a campy, fun comic book if I want to, um, instead of watching it. So it's not in my style, but I, I'm expecting this to be a little bit more gritty, a little bit more dark. So I think uh, so far, so good. And as far as DC having their own streaming service, I think that's really cool. Um, I'm a big DC fan, big Batman fan. Um, love the Justice League. So I'm kind of excited. Um uh, I think they're kind of rushing it a little bit because um, I'm a little concerned that DC's got theirs together yet, but Disney doesn't. I don't know what's going on necessarily with what's holding Disney up necessarily, but um, yeah, I guess I'm uh, I'm just I'm excited. I think that um, I really do think that is Robin. I I don't know necessarily too much about the show details, but. I would like to see um, a little bit of what you said about him the first season trying to to grow away from um, Bruce and Batman's shadow and, and maybe looking into moving to um, Bloodhaven or what have you, and then maybe um, introducing not, 
Now they say that I don't know about Jason Todd, so I don't really don't know what they're doing with uh, the stories and what they're taking liberties and what they're not using or what they're combining. So I'm expecting a little bit of of both with the series, like I'm combining two different heroes into one or taking this but not taking that from the source material. So I'm kind of coming in expecting it to not be exactly what I remembered or what we all remember it to be, but I'm hoping that it's different than the CW tone. Uh, it's going to be way different than the CW turn, uh, uh, tone, I'm sorry. Uh, and that's where we got the uh, name for our episode. Apparently, this is going to be super gritty. Um, you're going to see some bones being broken. You're going to see some blood. And you're going to possibly get some F-bombs. Now, people all over Twitter, which Dane tells me never to care about, um, but people all over Twitter... Uh, have been freaking out about the idea of there being cursing. Now, no one said it's going to be a pirate ship. It's not going to be like that. But it's not, it's not going to be anything like the Titans that we remember from Cartoon Network, which that we should expect it not to be. Um, I mean, it's not a cartoon. So I don't want it to be as somewhat campy as the old cartoon was. This is going to be more serious. It's going to kind of be picture, and Chris, I know you said you don't really watch it, but Dan, you'll, you'll understand this. It's more so like Gotham, but completely amped up. Like a lot grittier than Gotham. Um, uh, well, I a lot Gotham. more action than I Arrow. I still watch the CW. Oh, okay. okay, it'll have a lot more uh, action than Arrow. Uh, it'll just be completely its own thing. Like you won't see it and, and be able to compare it to anything. It'll be its own well, thing. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I'm ha- hoping. It'll have, like, a rated R feel to it. And like I said, uh, what they're kind of banking on is just the super grittiness of it. Um, So, I mean, and apparently the synopsis is uh, Dick Grayson kind of moves on from from Bruce, kind of partners up with uh, some chick, I can't remember uh, her name, and they do something that possibly opens the floodgates to letting all hell loose. Uh, They stumble across. Uh, Beast Boy and Starfire, uh, and somehow they uh, work into Ra- – oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I think Raven was the girl that he, uh, he ends up kind of mm-hmm. weirdly teaming up with uh, that the floodgates of hell open, and then in comes Starfire and Beast Boy, uh, and that's how the team forms. So I don't even need it to be comic accurate. Whatever they want to do, just make it good, make it gritty, make it something that's a fresh feel from what we've had so far. Um, and, and I'm, I'm in. So it, from everything that we've been hearing about it, and even though Heroic Hollywood came out and said there, there won't be, I will again state that I am hearing we will get a trailer for Titans at Comic-Con. So until Comic-Con comes and the trailer doesn't happen, I'm going to stand, stay put with what I was hearing. Uh, but Dane, did you have anything else to add about the streaming service? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm looking forward to the streaming service. I love that it's going to have digital comics. I love that it's going to have all the movies, oh, yeah. comics that they've made. I love that it's going to have the uh, Batman animated series, everything that they've done animated wise, um, HD. You know, I mean, you can't do too much to them, but that's still pretty cool in general. Um, and all this this content, I think Titans is going to have a lot of elements of Young Justice. I think it's going to have a lot of elements of the very adult series from Mark Wolfman and George Perez from the 70s, guys. I always say this. If you guys haven't read Judas Contract, go fucking read it. 
but the new Teen Titans. It's going to be stuff that's a little more relevant. It's not going to have, I don't think, the soap opera elements that I think the CW shows, it, that's their worst quality. I do. I am a fan of that type of stuff. Um, but I think that that's its down point. I'm hoping, I've told you this, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised that some of the CW shows, once they're winding down, that they have a crossover event, even including Titans, because this could be a part of their multiverse. Uh, they like a Christ on Infinite Earth-like storyline. I'm not saying the exact same fucking thing. And then condense it all into one universe and kind of maybe make a Brave and the Bold show and have it team-up show with two different superheroes they've already established, kind of like they did on Justice League Unlimited. So you get to maybe see Stephen come back once in a while uh, doing something. They can go down that route. I don't know if they are going to go down that route. I will know. I, I will say that this show's still going to have a Greg Blanty stamp on it. He knows what he's doing. He's the one who's in, who's in charge of behind this. He's producing Swamp Thing. He's in charge of Doom Patrol. It's still going to have a little bit of that, but they're not going to do it so melodramatic, basically. I think it's going to be more of a show that's inspired mainly by Young Justice. I mean, it's like how Young Justice was compared to Teen Titans. I love Teen Titans. But that show was great because they did a lot of Mark Wolfman and George Perez new Teen Titans storylines in it. And a lot of the other stuff was cheese. It was fun, but it was cheesy. Um, Young Justice is very direct and adult. And I think it's going to be like a daredevil is to uh, maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This will be compared to the CW shows. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all in, in that in that stance. And like I said, to do a crossover with, uh, like, let's say if you only did a crossover with Arrow, uh, it wouldn't be that hard to do because Arrow spent the first three seasons religiously bringing up the name Bloodhaven. So, I mean, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to say that Titans takes place like, uh, you know, like Robin started, what, four or five years ago is, is Robin. Well, either way, and, uh, multiverse. Go ahead. Just like, well, just either way, like multiverse, like Supergirl. She, she's not on the same planet. They don't necessarily have to be on the same world to connect is all I was trying to say. Yeah. No, they don't have to be, but I'm saying that's the way you could do it to where, it, I mean, it would make perfect sense. Like, you wouldn't have to explain much um, because you've had them not only go to Bloodhaven, um, but they've brought it up numerous times. Like, they could have they used any other place. There is a reason why Mark Guggenheim uh, religiously brought up Bloodhaven in the show, and I think it was because he would have liked to bring in Nightwing, uh, and I think DC told him, no, we have bigger plans. Uh, so he wasn't able to. But like I said, they don't make any like they don't do anything for for no reason. Even though Mark Guggenheim said that they that he does when he uh, when we asked him about the whole Hal Jordan thing, he was just like, oh, we thought it'd be really cool to kind of have a guy with a bomber jacket walk in. And it's like, well, you can't do that to, uh, to Mark Guggenheim because we thought we were getting the Justice League, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you, Dan. You can have uh, a different, you know, a multiverse. But I'm just saying that's the way that it could work, um, and, and people would be able to buy into it. But um, all right, let's uh, let's let's move on. We do have a few more topics. Let me see. I think we're gonna go to the one that me and Dane have been waiting for all week, and that is Jared Leto to star in Morbius: The Living Vampire with Daniel Espinza. 
on board to direct the movie. I definitely butchered this guy's last name, um, but whatever. Uh, this sounds like when I heard this news, uh, I wanted to get excited, but this is the same Sony universe who who just can't not canceled, but put a movie on the shelf because quote unquote they said they were waiting to see how Venom does. So it's like if that's what you were waiting to see. Why are you still announcing movies in, in major casts like this if it's something that uh, – because what if Venom – and I'm not saying that it will. What if Venom doesn't do that well? You think Morbius is going to do any better? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because you have more people that would want to see a Venom movie than they would a Morbius movie. So if Venom doesn't do well, I don't really see the fan base really flooding out to support uh, a Morbius film. But – I will not be a Debbie Downer. I think this is great. This is a great casting. I even, without any fan edits, thought Jared Leto looked like Morbius anyway. Uh, so it was spot on. And to all the people out there who still, for some strange reason, even after the whole Josh Brolin thing, think the same actor can't play two different characters at the same <laughs> time, this does not mean Jared Leto is leaving as the Joker whatsoever. I think, if anything... This is Jared Leto's uh, backup plan for if they do push him out as Joker. He can say, well, screw you guys. I'll go team up with Sony and Marvel and just do Morbius movies um, and join that universe. Uh, so I think, if anything, this is just his, his, his plan B. But, again, I am still on the wait-and-see uh, notion with, with Sony because they've, they've announced a lot of movies that they've then put on the back burner. Uh, to Venom. But, uh, Dane, what are your thoughts on Jared Leto being cast as Morbius? And do you actually think this movie is going to happen, or do you think it's just waiting to see what Venom does? Yeah, I, I think this one's definitely happening. I think that what happened possibly is what I'm assuming with Silver Sable and um, Black Cat. There's two things. There is There's rumors that there's going to be some type of female... They refer to it in the rumors as a femme fatale character in Spider-Man uh, to uh, whatever the fuck it is. I'm going home, or I think that's, that's actually not the name of it. I don't really care. Um, I'm coming home. Um, but, you know, I think that there's a good chance that could be Felicia Hardy. You know, it's supposed to be he's he's doing, he's over in Europe or whatever in the storyline. He's, he's away from home for a field trip or whatever. So maybe he meets Felicia Hardy. And that ends up being Black Cat. Either that, or they're not using her in that at all, and they just couldn't lock down two big actresses to play uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable. But they were able to get, you know, um, someone like a good actor, uh, Jared Leto, to play Michael Morbius, is what I'm assuming. Because I think Sony's not fucking around, at least with their acting talent, now with two films based on Tom Hardy in Venom with the possibility of Woody Harrelson playing Carnage, you know, and then also with this, those are big actors. Those are big names. That brings gravitas. Now, the directors, that's a little bit different. Uh, Daniel uh, Espinoza, the movies I know from him are Life, which I thought was pretty good, and actually the prequel for Venom, but if you haven't seen the movie, you don't get that joke. Um it was pretty good. Ryan Reynolds is in it. Jared Le- or not Jared Leto. Uh, 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 oh man, the guy we were talking about that was supposed to play Jake Batman. Jake Dylan Hall. Jake Dylan Hall. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> and then he made Safe House, which wasn't that great, and it had Denzel Washington and fucking Ryan Reynolds in it. I don't understand how that wasn't the greatest movie, but it was it was decent. Um, you know, I, I, I the directors are what scares me more so than just getting the acting talent. Um, and anyone that says about Jared Leto, I mean, we've kind of we talked at length about this. I do not believe someone really knows what they're fucking talking about when it comes to saying uh, certain actors aren't good actors. Jared Leto's one of them. Uh, um, uh, Shia LaBeouf is another one of them. Uh, Tom Cruise is one of them. Whenever they say that, I just feel, and I'm not, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you've seen every single movie from them and you have a really great grasp on, on acting, and I, I, I call bullshit. But it's trendy to dislike some of these people, either by stuff that they've done in real life, whether it be Jared Leto being the method actor and, like, fucking sending rats to Margot Robbie and all the shit that you hear on that, and then you not liking his portrayal that was shortened on a movie, prejudged before you saw his acting performance because of his look, or Shia LaBeouf because of, you know, Transformers movie and saying, whoa, 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 you know, a bunch of fucking films. It's like now their credibility shot out the window. I don't think you've seen a lot of their films. I'm going to call your ass out about it because I don't think that he would have won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club if he was a fucking shit actor. He's not a shit actor. He's probably not been the greatest in certain movies, but let's see, Lord of War, I enjoyed him in. I've, I've seen him in so many movies, I don't feel like listing all of them to prove a point. I, I just feel like that's a part of nerd culture now. This to be somewhat toxic. It, it sucks. It's like no one's ever happy with anything. Everyone's always trolling every fucking thing. You know, we have situations where, you know, female members, uh, the, the female actress that, that left Twitter uh, that was in the, 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 the last Star Wars film, uh, not Han Solo, but that whole entire situation that happened online was fucked up and ridiculous. You know, there's, there's a concept that, that doesn't have a lot of merit to it, that, that geeks are becoming the new jock. And, you know, sometimes I look at it and it's like there are a lot of, I'm sorry, dicks in fucking in the geek world that are non-understanding, want to shut something down immediately, want to talk and reference something. Either you new age fucking comic book fans that don't even know a lot about comic books but act like so passionate behind certain changes that are done, which I find to be astonishing, or people calling out acting credibilities of someone like Jared Leto because you didn't like his portrayal of the Joker. Jared Leto is not a bad actor. He might be fucking weird, but he's not a bad actor. So, you know, I mean, he has an Oscar. He won one before Gary Oldman and fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm not saying he's better than those guys, but just keep that in perspective. So I think everyone needs to shut the fuck up. I think this is a great casting for Michael Morbius. I love Morbius. Big 90s comic era character. Uh, his solo run, everyone says he's so associated with Blade. I mean, yeah, kind of, but on the animated series, he kind of, like, was the thing that made him popular. And then from there, they had a, they had a, a series in which he joined up eventually with uh, Ghost Rider, Man-Thing, a lot of the, the supernatural characters. It was a Sons of Something. I don't remember exactly what it's called. I'm not perfect, but he's a great character. He's a lot of fun. He's a great anti-hero Seeing them establish him, keep on fucking going for it. If you want to get Harvey R. Bardem to play Craven, go for it. You have great talent behind these movies, including Shamik Moore playing, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Miles Morales. I'm, I'm down for whatever they do, but the directors is what scares me out of anything, not the actor. 
Yeah, my my biggest thing is <clears throat> I I don't disagree with anything you said. Uh, and what you were saying about um him not being a primary Blade villain. The only reason why I kind of I kind of hope we see a crossover with Blade is because depending on if they ever decide to do Blade, because who knows uh, with Kevin Feige, uh, it could be yeah. two years away, ten years away, never. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see with that. I just was always infatuated with it because Blade was a vampire hunter and Morbius was like the ultimate vampire. And I kind of never, I kind of never felt like they would do something eerie enough to fit Morbius into a Spider-Man world. But Dane, like you said before, if, if you do a Spider-Man world with Miles that incorporates Venom in there and it's kind of a darker feel, Morbius in the spider in that Spider-Man universe would be perfect. I just kind of feel like the universe Tom Holland has set in the MCU, I don't think they would go as dark as I would like them to go to kind of make that Morbius movie feel feel right to me. Now, if Sony keeps it and they do a Miles Morales and they do it that way, I'm fine. Because if you're telling me Miles Morales is in the Venom world, I know the Venom world already from the looks of it looks dark. So to do a Morbius film means you're willing to go that dark into that world of, of Morbius. So I'm fine. I just, I don't know how it would blend with Tom Holland Spider-Man unless you took Tom and put him in the Sony universe instead of bringing Morbius to the MCU. You kind of get what I'm saying, Dan, or do you disagree with that? No, I absolutely, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it's all going to come down to this next movie with um, Tom Holland Unless maybe it's the, maybe it's uh, the next Avengers film. One of them is the last film that's scheduled on this thing. So technically, if Sony was like, if they established themselves enough by then, Venom does well. Uh, their animated movie does well. People are anticipating Morbius. They could just say screw it, you know. And then that Tom Holland, it still exists in the same universe, but now he's not going to interact with the Avengers, which would fucking suck. And now to have just total interaction with these characters they've already established. Either that, or like like we said, if, if they just want to, if Kevin Feige's like keep Tom Holland in here, we'll extend the deal. Sony's down for that. There's not going to be any crossovers between these characters. You're establishing Miles Morales already in this animated format with a great actor playing him for the voice acting. Just incorporate that character and make this all one world, and then you can do that. Um, I I still I don't know. It's a cartoon. So it's kind of hard to say this, but we all know what happens to Peter um, in the Ultimate Universe that leads into Miles taking over. So I don't know if he's going to die in this animated movie, but they could do that eventually. Shit, I mean, I knew it would be really weird with the whole Gwen Stacy thing, but get Andrew Garfield to come back. He's in his fucking 30s. Who gives a shit? Do whatever. Just make it happen, Sony. God damn yeah. it. And I, I will say, before I pass it to you, Chris, I will say it seems like Sony is really desperate to get, uh, and I don't mean desperate in a bad way, I mean in a good way, they're desperate to get uh, these movies made and show the world that they can do good Spider-Man, whether it's actual Spider-Man or Spider-Man characters, they can do justice by them. And they don't have to rely on Kevin Feige in the MCU name to make good movies. Uh, So I think that's why you're getting a Venom movie. I think that's why you're getting a Morbius movie. They kind of want to carve out their own little niche and say, hey, we can do good movies. Like, you know, I know you guys hated Amazing Spider-Man 2 and uh, Spider-Man 3, 
but we can actually do really good, uh, you know, superhero movies. So I think that's what they're trying to do. So I think if, you know, Feige wanted to extend the deal, they wouldn't be opposed to it because uh, why would they let Tom Holland keep knocking this out of the park and you keep making insane money? Um, but I do think they want to carve out their own little universe and show that they can kind of hang with, uh, with Kevin Feige. And we know Amy Pascal loves to talk. So God forbid that Venom movie does, like, insane numbers at the box office. I think she'd be the first person coming out talking about, nah, you know what, we don't even need to team with the MCU. We can do our own thing. And it'd be like, Amy, shut up. Like, don't ruin this for us. Shut your mouth. Uh, But, Chris, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Jared Leto being cast as Morbius, the living vampire? Uh, I'm not too familiar with uh, the character in the comics. I'm aware of him uh, briefly just because of Blade. But um, I think that casting him in anything is a good decision. He's a great actor, and from the pictures, I agree with you. I think he looks just like him. Um, I don't know exactly what they're doing with Venom in this kind of film over there, like you guys that can only speculate uh, to this point. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's a little bit like DC. There's a lot of cuckoo things going on over there, and you don't really know what's going on. So I'm just kind of like on the fence about the whole thing, to be completely honest with you. I wish there was a way that uh, they can combine everything and make it one shared universe, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. But uh, I don't know. Uh, as a film and, and a fan of Jared Leto, I think, yes, he's a good actor, and I think you're right. Um, bashing people that are talented now or hating people who are, who have been uber talented for decades is now fashionable for some freaking reason. I don't agree with it either. Um, he wouldn't get paid and he wouldn't be doing jobs, uh, gigs and, and winning awards if he wasn't a good actor. I think it's just this hate train is just very popular these days. Um, I, I think the casting is a good, good call. I'm, I'm curious to see that character brought to life and actually, because of it, I'm going to go look into the character. So they might have gotten a new fan off of just casting him. I might even end up loving the comic. I don't know. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And that's why I said Sony's taking a good risk. Because what, what could happen from this is, but like I said, it depends on Venom. Because no matter how talented Jared Leto is, I am sorry. If Tom Hardy's Venom, can't do good numbers. I'm and th- unless this movie just comes off like just insanely spectacular. There's no way you can convince me that Morbius will be their their box office hit if Venom can't. Yep. So it, it's just like it's they're depending on Venom to be this huge gold mine. And if it strikes out, I, I will be so sad because if it strikes out, it's like. I don't think we'll ever get Venom and Tom Hart and Tom Holland's Spider-Man uh, on the same screen. I really don't, if that movie doesn't hit. Because at that point, Kevin Feige is going to say, I don't want anything to do with the Sony Universal building. Like, if you can't get Tom Hardy's Venom to, to be a box office hit, I don't, I don't want any parts of it. Like, don't, don't bring any of your universe this way. We only want Spider-Man. That's it. So, I mean, that would really crush my heart. But, like I said, fingers crossed. I trust that this movie can do big things so Morbius can do big things so we can get more things coming from that. Uh, we can't forget, Dan, uh, Cheo's supposed to be working on a project, too. 
Tony, uh, I believe. He is. Uh, Night Stalker, yeah. I believe, is a villain. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was. So you know, it's like I said, they had a few things going, but none of those will actually happen if Venom doesn't do well. So fingers crossed on Venom. Um, but all right, let's move on. Excuse me. We got. Let me see. We got DOJ approves Disney's Fox bid minus regional sports network. So pretty much seems like Disney got its characters back. Uh, screw you to Comcast for trying to ruin our childhood. Um, Dane, what are your thoughts about this deal finally being over with? I didn't know what was going to last longer. This or waiting to see if we'll get a Batman movie. Uh, but I'm glad this is finally over. We know we got the characters back where they belong. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think would be the first project from these Fox rights that Marvel will uh, will put out? Well, my whole thing is, and I mean, guys, I'm not trying to be negative. There can be a counter offer for this, even though it's finalized and everything, and it's okayed. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden. But this is the thing, okay? It's going to be seventy-two billion dollars, which is fucking ridiculous. So it's going to have to go up to almost a trillion dollars, like at least eighty-five or more, to be able to try to counter this whole entire thing. Play at here. Um, so it's it's most likely done. But just remember, it can happen still. So we're we're just hoping that. Since everything's getting worked out, negotiated, I don't think Comcast is going to make another fucking uh, try at anything like that. I think they're done. Uh, it's just awesome that this will actually happen. Disney's going to have an incredible streaming service. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. With all the stuff that they have from Fox, uh, you know, potentially all everything from Pixar, everything from themselves all their movies that they made back in the day with Touchstone Pictures, everything from Marvel, everything from Star Wars. There's a lot of content to provide for a streaming service. Ten bucks a month, that's what they're going for. They want that Netflix money, like I've been saying. So does Comcast, but or a fucking wob. Like, I, I don't even, you're done. Go, go take a nap, Comcast. And anyone that was, I, I find it funny. I find it kind of funny. I'm in my Triple H impression. Uh, but everyone was concerned that uh, the sports, the whole sports thing. I knew that wasn't going to happen because Disney owns ESPN. So, of course, that would make it technically a monopoly if you combine all the sports aspects in the one. So w- we knew Fox was, was wanting to do news, which such source. Uh, anyways, and also have their own sports thing. So that, that makes the most sense to me. Not a big deal. I'm happy that it's happening. And my first movie, I think that the first, I think they should, at the end of phase four, now that all this is okay, we should get little ingredients set up, a possibility of a silver surfer, a mention of a Galactus from someone, an after cred scene of Dr. Doom after Black Panther 2 poking his, you know, on his radar, watching Wakanda, and then it pans out. You don't even have to cast an actor at that point, kind of Thanos, Thanos it. Um there should be mentioned maybe of mutants towards the end. So phase four, we'll set up phase five and then go for probably fantastic four and just get it, get it going, get it over with um, and try to make that an amazing film. Or if you want to do X-Men, go for it too. 
I would definitely do younger X-Men, but that's they're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Um, but, yeah, if I could have it, it's going to be Marvel's first family in a proper fucking film. Brad Bird, the Incredibles. I wasn't too big of a fan of Tomorrowland, but he's done a bunch of other great movies. Mission Impossible, uh, I don't know. There's been, like, 20 of them, so I think 18. He did a couple of those, is what I'm trying to say. And I've always enjoyed his direction, so he would be my number one choice. Whatever happens, happens, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on Fantastic Four, and as far as a Easter egg, what they can do is, and it would be perfect, because we all assumed that's what they were going to do if they got the rights anyway. It, it was between two things that we were agreeing on, Dane. Um, Stark sold the Avengers building uh, to move out, you know, to move further out. Uh, the building was sold. They never said who bought it. And Spider-Man, that's Far From Home, all you have to do, all you have to do is have Peter go, uh, I have Ned go, hey, Peter, did you hear who bought, uh, you know, Mr. Stark's old building? And he go, no, who bought it? And he go, I don't know, this this weird, this, these weird people. Uh, I think his name was Richards or something like that. And then the fans would, would go, okay, perfect. We know that the Fantastic no. Four is coming. Yep. Like, you don't even have to show it or anything. Just have it through dialogue. And then that's how you can tie them into the MCU. They bought the building. It's now the Baxter building. Uh, I, we always said it was between two, two people were going to buy that building. It was either Norman Osborn that hasn't been introduced in the Spider-Man world yet, or it would be the Fantastic Four. And I actually prefer for it to be the Fantastic Four over Norman Osborn. Uh, but Chris, what are your thoughts on Disney their their characters back? All they're missing is the Hulk from Universal, uh, and then they'll really have everyone back. But what are your thoughts on Disney getting uh, the right to Fox's assets? And what do you think will be the first project? Um, I'm, I'm actually excited. Uh, I think uh, Marvel Studios getting the properties back to some major hitters. Uh, I, would love to see, I would love to see X-Men kind of getting a, a fresh new look. Uh, as far as like, their streaming services, you're right, it's going to be huge. It's going to be epic, and it's going to rival. And, and another thing, with like with that being said, like I don't know about you guys, but I don't have cable anymore. So like I've subscribed to like everything that you can stream, like Hulu, Amazon, HBO, all of those, uh, um, <clears throat> Netflix. So you add that to that to that realm, it, it, people are gonna. I think people are gonna have to choose whether or not they want to stick with Disney or Netflix. And they, you're right, they want that Netflix money. So it's going to be interesting, uh, not just for films, but for streaming services. It's going to be interesting how the Disney parks come up. And I don't, you know, what kind of film would they, I don't know. I think you guys are on it, though. I think they're going to tease at something. I'm not too too uh, sure exactly, um, I don't know how to do it. I, I didn't really think about it because it's like the Batman thing. I kind of got sick of it. Okay, it's more money and then Comcast counterbids and then it, Oh well, it's a monopoly, and they just swallow up corporations like Galactus swallows up planets. So, like, I kind of like, I'm kind of numb to it, but I'm also a little excited that I hope that they, you know, bring new life into maybe the Fantastic Four and X Men, and you get mutants in, introduced to that world would be would, would be kind of cool. And I think they're in great hands. You know, let's get the whole facts of Universal. But I believe that Universal allows them to use the Hulk. He just can't star in a film, right? So, unless they have plans, 
uh, to do a solo Hulk film, which I don't think they do. They've been kind of using his story arc over other people's films to kind of tell the arc of Banner and Hulk. Um, but uh, it's interesting to see what the next year is going to, you know, with the DC service. And I know my wife's not going to want me to have, like, DC and Disney and Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and HBO and Showtime. You, you know, that's like $100 a month just for streaming services. So uh, it's interesting to see how the how the uh, the market and the fans take it. It's going to be, um, like I said, it's going to be an interesting year and a half or so. Yeah, to me... To me, what makes uh, Marvel getting these rights back so special is, Dane, we laughed at this. Uh, we all laughed at this. Uh, a lot of directors who don't direct uh, superhero films said that, you know, the superhero genre will die off at some point. And the fact that Kevin Feige just got these rights back means, because first of all, he said he had 10 movies planned, like already, not counting uh, these new characters. So we're now talking, what, 15 years more of possibly more superhero movies? Uh, so this just expands an already huge universe that Kevin Feige had to play with. I mean, think about it. Kevin Feige had so many characters to toy around with. We're getting a, uh, a show. What's her name, Dane? Uh, the, the lady who uh, kind of mimics Captain Marvel, but her, her powers are like to stretch. I forgot her name. Oh, uh- Pablo Khan. Yes, thank you. Uh, we're getting a movie about her. Like, no one cares about that character, but we're getting a movie about her. Why? Because Kevin Feige just has so many characters to give us. So it's just like, why not? Um, so, I mean, the fact that he now has the X-Men to where people go, oh, we'll get an X-Men movie. Remember this. There are so many characters in the X-Men universe. He does not, the first X-Men thing he gives us does not have to be uh, the original team that we know. We could get Right, he could do so much with these characters. I mean, and honestly, I told you the biggest thing I want him to continue is the X-Force. I do want that X-Force movie. I love the way Deadpool 2 ended with that cast. I think that cast is gold, and I'd love to see an X-Force movie. But there's just so much Kevin Feige can do. He has so much time on his hands. Uh, I mean, think of it like this. We're getting so many new characters. And we still don't have an official date for Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, uh, you know, so many other movies. So it's like, God bless Kevin Feige. Uh, That man is just like a rock star. Uh, But this is just great news for us comic book fans. We finally get what we've been wanting for forever. A lot of us kind of feel like it, it, it took too long because this would have been great to have Hugh Jackman's Wolverine interact with, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Stark, like, that would have been just freaking awesome. Uh, but listen, as long as we got the characters back, I, I don't care how long it took, as long as we finally got them back. Uh, but there's just so much that they could do. Fantastic Four, X-Men, Doctor Doom, Galactus, Silver Surfer. Um, there was rumors of a Kitty Pride movie that I don't think will happen now. Uh, just so much stuff Kevin Feige can tool around with. That, but that's oh, just you going to play Kitty Pride? In that, uh, uh, I don't know if Kane's, if, if Kane's listening. This great actress named Haley Steinfeld. Incredible actress. Oh, God. Kane would go in, insane. You know how much he claims he doesn't hate her, but hates her. Uh, <laughs> phenomenal. I'm sorry, Haley. Well, let me, not say, let me not say phenomenal, but she's a really, really, really good actress. 
that deserves a lot more respect than what Kanan was giving her. Uh, just poo-pooing her. Anyway, he's gonna let's get mad. move on. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get really mad. He's going to come on and be like, I didn't say I hated her, guys. Yes, you did. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we did get, excuse me, we did get uh, news that Showtime has picked up Halo for a series, uh, to do a series on their network. I, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know. I, I kind of just felt like I didn't think anyone could really properly capture Halo. Like, it was something that just didn't need to be touched. Uh, but I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. I have no problem admitting that. Um, Dane, I will go to you. We've both had, had Xbox, I want to say, for forever. I don't want to speak for you, Dane, but I kind of I am. You've had Xbox since forever, right? Well, you see, I was playing video games before the motherfucking Xbox. But, yeah, I have had Xbox <laughs> and uh, Xbox 360 and the 940 headache that you got to download the fucking games into the damn system to be able to play it, but you still need the disc in. Great products. Thanks, Microsoft. Um <laughs> <laughs> Either way, but yeah, I, I I totally have, and uh, you know, it's I love this game series, man. It, it was it's an incredible game series. The storyline, like most of those games, you know, like the Call of Duties and shit like that. Like, and uh, I'm trying to think of like another series that's like that besides Halo. Um, Gears of War, like I love Gears of War, but like the on I think the online stuff kind of overdid even the storyline. Maybe not Gears of War 2. That was a damn good game. But Halo, the story mode, was just as awesome, I think, as playing multiplayer. And uh, there's a lot of story. I wanted this a long time ago uh, when uh, I think Peter Jackson was going to produce and direct it or something like that, and Denzel Washington was supposed to play the voice of Master Chief, and they were, I guess, going to never expose him. I don't know really exactly how they're going to do that. But that fell through. Uh, but a television series, I mean, even Showtime, that's going to be, you need a fucking huge budget. Like, you're going to need fucking gold at that point, like pyramids of goddamn gold to be able to make that look cool because uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And you're going to need someone that's credible that can pull a, car, or a, a uh, Carl Urban you know, dread where you have someone that has a helmet on the most, most of the time but can still be compelling you're going to change the dynamic completely. But I would love to see it if they can pull it off, if they had the special effects and the right crew behind it, because I love the Arbiter, I love uh, Cortana, I love all the characters, uh, everyone in that. So I'd love to see them cast into an awesome um, show. And there was, someone did do a show, I believe, on Xbox. I forgot what it was called, but it was like a little short series. And it was done pretty well, uh, you know, with the limited uh, resource and budget they had. So, I mean, if you can pull it off, go for it. If you can make it like Starship Troopers, just New Age, and not dumb, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, they could do great things with it. It's just one of those things, like you said, budget is something you have to look out for. Showrunner is something you're going to have to look out for. Uh, it's just a lot of things that could go wrong um, that really scare me. It's just one of those things where it's like, if if you played the game, like I'm a huge God of War, uh, God of War fan. I've played it before. I haven't played the new one, but I have played it before. Uh, but if you're telling me in my lifetime I never get a God of War movie, I'm fine with that. Just keep making great games. Uh, and that's how I feel about a Halo show or a movie. 
I don't think we need it. And it, it just sounds so risky. Like, if HBO was doing it, I would go, well, if you can do Game of Thrones as epically as, as you did that, I have complete faith that you can handle Halo. Showtime, I don't know what show of that nature Showtime has ever done for me to go, okay, well, at least you've done this. Like, Showtime is usually, like, drama. So I don't know if they've done anything on the level of, like, what a Halo would consist of, especially budget-wise. Maybe uh, Spartacus, but not really. No, but Spartacus was uh, it was stars. It wasn't Showtime. It was stars. I don't know my porn station. I mean my late uh, night station. <laughs> I mean, I, you got what I'm saying. No, it was uh, – no, I get what you're saying. It was stars. Showtime hasn't had anything uh, that big. And, Dane, you know this. Game of Thrones has a huge budget. Like, that thing isn't cheap. Um, and so it's, like, if and it's, it's not really always that beautiful either. Sometimes you can tell that the dragons are fucking cartoons. I mean, they have a great television budget, but Halo's not even from the fucking, like, past. It's, it's all futuristic. So, man, right. you're going to have to uh, – that's going to be money. That's going to be money. Yeah, and listen, if you don't do it right – I'm going to be completely honest with you, and this is what scares me the most. If you don't do a Halo series correctly, you're not going to have anyone get on board for a Halo movie unless you have it helmed by somebody like a Peter Jackson or something like that. Uh, But obviously, they didn't feel comfortable doing a movie. That's why they're doing a series, which to me is always weird. Anytime you get someone like a Peter Jackson who expressed interest, and then the next thing I hear, you're doing a TV series, it's like, I don't know, something was weird there. But, Chris, what are your thoughts on Showtime uh, doing a series of, of Halo? Um, uh, I'm definitely, I'm kind of excited. Uh, you're, you're right, you made a good point. Um, why not make a film out of it? It's been so long, the hype. They've been teasing a film almost since the damn game came out. Uh, so, and there's been little teasers and little mini fan. Uh, there's been a lot of fan-made stuff, which is pretty cool. But I'm a big fan of it. I think it's really cool. I'm interested to see what direction they go with it. Like he said, did you, do they go the do they go the Judge Dredd route? Do they let him wear the helmet the whole time, or they 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 make him take it off? And that, I think it kind of takes away from it. But you're right, and I'm afraid that the budget might be too small to pull off some of the stuff. Might look really cheesy and corny. The world might be might look really small and condensed. It won't be as bad as it is in the video game. So I'm a little on the fence when it comes to the, like the production side. But if they get a right the right cast, the right crew, and a good good writers, I think that um, uh, the fans will be there. I think they'll come in droves if you do it right and you give us um, something that's pretty accurate, gritty and that, you know, catches our eye, that's maybe not so heavily CGI'd, like use it to, you know, use it sparingly, but use it right or when it's needed, but not emphasize it so much. I think they can pull it off with a small budget and still get in good actors. So I'm kind of excited about it personally. I mean, my biggest thing is, yeah, no, that's very true. That's very true. But they also let Krypton be its own thing. Like, they didn't restrict it. Um, the budget didn't have to be that big for Krypton. It looked like majority of Krypton's money went into Brainiac and Doomsday. Because uh, everything else seemed like the same locations. Uh, and the wardrobe and stuff wasn't that, that uh, 
that that demanding. So I think it, uh, the the huge budget came from those two. But my biggest issue is then I don't remember if you heard this rumor uh, back in the day. They actually wanted John Cena to be Master uh, Chief uh, for the Halo film. And I remember when I first heard that, this was like, I want to say, uh, maybe four or five years ago. I was just like, I don't know about John Cena being Master Chief, but now fast forward, uh, I, I, I would have been huge. I would have been a huge fan of that idea um, of him being Master Chief. I just think Halo is something you, you got to do as a movie because you can get a bigger budget that way. But I will tell you this: the one good thing Halo can do is if I'm if I'm Showtime, I'm waiting till after that um, the Witcher series comes out because if the Witcher does well on Netflix, uh, I'll feel more comfortable. Uh, with with that Halo series because The Witcher isn't something that demands a high budget, but it's also something you can't come in cheap with either. It's a fantasy world. Uh, it has dragons, has like orgs. It has a whole bunch of crazy crap uh, that will demand a, a decent sized budget. So if The Witcher can do well, and I think it was coming out on Netflix, then I think I'd feel more comfortable with the Halo. But we don't have a good a good uh, history of video game movies or shows, so it's like you don't know what to expect. Um, but just just do it right if you're gonna do it, and make sure whoever's show running it knows what the freak they're doing. That that's all I can say. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add for this topic before we move on? Two requests. Uh, I'd like to see Hans Zimmer handle the fucking classic sound. I don't know if they can afford him, but that would be fucking awesome because Hans Zimmer thinks very out of the box, and I would love to see him have to sci-fi war movie type concept while taking the original. I know this is really geeking out, but that's okay. He loves to take, like, at one point, he had this army of drums for, I think, one of the things that he did in believe, and he had, like, Danny Carey from Tool, and John Bottom, the Led Zeppelin's drummer's son, Jason, and he had Questlove, and all these amazing drummers playing together, and I could imagine the guitars, like an army of guitarists. I think that he would be really cool to contact. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Sarge, if they, if they can afford him, too. So basically, just make the budget just unfucking limited and just do whatever. I'm going to be honest with you. Once Samuel Jackson did Snakes on a Plane, I think anyone can, can, can get Samuel Jackson at this point. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying he just takes anything. But the guy did Snakes on a Plane, so... I think I think Showtime can pony up uh, enough cash to land Samuel Jackson. Yeah, he did that, and he did um, Deep Blue Sea, which I wasn't a fan of either. Um, oh Samuel God. Jackson has had his he's had his name on some really great films, and he's had his name on some really uh, why would you do that film? Uh, but let's move on. Uh, we got some we got uh, oh, interesting words from, facts real quick. Oh, okay. go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson insisted that, that they change the name to, of the movie to Snakes on a Plane or he wouldn't do the film. What was the name originally going to be? I can't remember. I was listening to a podcast a few days ago with people talking about this, and I can't re- It was something stupid, and Snakes weren't originally what, what, the, what was attacking the plane. I think it was something else. And they made him change it in Snakes on a Plane. That's... Because for some reason, I think it was just offhand. He just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> I guess is why he did it. So well, I tell you what. The only reason people saw that movie is because Samuel Jackson was just amazing in it. 
The rest of that, the premise of the movie, the rest of the cast, You're damn right everything else about that movie was god-awful. Uh, only thing I enjoyed was Samuel Jackson. Uh, and his, one of the greatest, uh, I guess it's not really a one-liner, but I, I think it might be. Uh, one of the greatest lines ever. Sick of these goddamn snakes on this goddamn plane. That's not what he said, but I don't really feel like going that aggressive. Um, but let's move on. Uh, we did get word from a lot of media outlets on their first reactions to Ant-Man and the Wasp that does come out this upcoming Friday. The reviews have been relatively uh, positive. I know uh, the reoccurring theme of most of them are better than the first. Uh, I mean, the movie was obviously so good. You had Umberto come out and say uh, maybe, you know, he took too harsh of a turn, uh, of, of a, a point of view against Luis in the first one. Zane, I think you remember that episode of Collider when he came out and was just bashing Ant-Man, the movie, because of how they portrayed uh, Luis. He was just like, that was, wow, that was really aggressive on his end. Uh, But he came came out uh, after seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp and said he was a huge fan of what they did with the character in this and blase, blase. But the reviews have been relatively positive. So I ask you first, Chris, what are your thoughts on the expectations, or do you not think they have any uh, for Ant-Man and the Wasp? Um, I've been kind of avoiding the early reviews, so I, I don't know like what, what if it's positive or if it's negative. Um, I can tell you that I thought the first, at the time, I thought the first Ant-Man film was kind of like Ragnarok. It, just, it, it was refreshing. It came in. At the right moment, the tone shift was, was serious. Paul Rudd did his thing. I thought it was really cool and, and unique. And it kind of came in at a tone shift moment in the MCU, which is why it, it was almost exactly what this one's coming in. It's coming in after a really big tone shift. So um, I'm, if, it's, if it's better than the first one, then I'm, I'm super excited to see it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, the first one, I wasn't, too sold on. I mean, a lot of it bothered, uh, a lot of things bothered me about that first one. Uh, one one of the biggest things, I love Paul Rudd. I am a huge fan of Paul Rudd. Um, I Love You Man is one of my favorite comedy movies. My issue that was, movie. I just, I, I thought, I thought they should have went the route of Hank Pym uh, instead of uh, Scott Lang. And, I mean, bringing in Michael Douglas, don't get me wrong, was, was a great, great move for them. I just really would have preferred a younger Hank Pym uh, with, with Janet. I, I thought that was something that we were kind of owed since you screwed us out of um, – uh, crap, I completely forgot what I was going. You screwed us out of him making Ultron. So I thought I was, – I was like, all right, well, if you didn't have him create Ultron, the least you could do is, like, have him be our Ant-Man. And they're like, nah, we're going Scott Lang so we can go more of a comical route, which I thought at that time was stupid. But Ant-Man had a really good family feel. It had good comedy. Uh, I love the villain. Dane, me and you are huge on that villain. Uh, yeah, the best Lex Luthor um, of all time. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, uh, the, the, the guy that played the villain for uh, the first Ant-Man, we thought would have been a great Lex Luthor, whether it was for – the CW universe or whatever. We thought he would have been a really good Lex. And he kind of somewhat to a degree was Lex Luthor in that movie. Uh, But he was definitely hands down one of the best 
things of uh, about that first Ant-Man movie. I think his name was Kobe or Corey. Or something. I think it was something like that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was a huge fan of him. Oh, so gosh. that was like the best thing. That was like the best thing for me to come out of that Ant-Man and the uh, I mean, out of that first Ant-Man film. But my expectations for Ant-Man and the Wasp aren't high, uh, only because I think it's like I don't, I don't mean to say this disrespectfully, but it's like it's like a placeholder to Avengers Four. Like it's letting you know kind of the the fallout of <clears throat> excuse me whether it's going to be an end credit scene and I'm or whatever. Okay with that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like I I'm said, okay that's not that. a bad thing. Yeah, that's yeah. not a bad thing. But I'm saying I'm not putting I'm not putting unnecessary expectations on Ant-Man and a Wasp like no. I had on Black Panther. Uh, I don't think it deserves it. I, I think it's, oh, it's yeah. always I think it's always poised itself to be just what it was, which was a somewhat action-filled comedy. That That's it. That's all that movie was trying to be. Nothing more. So as long as they stick to that and I still have fun with it like I did with the first one, I'm fine with it. I'll leave that movie going. It was good. It was good for what it was doing. Um, but outside of that, I have no expectations for this movie, uh, besides that. But Dane, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I mean, uh, the reviews are fairly positive. That's like thing for me, like the fart I just had was fairly discomforting. You know, I, what, I don't really go by reviews at first. There's all, all these rumors. Sometimes they're associated with people that are seeing it at a test screening. Sometimes they're, they're press going to see it. Uh, when they direct tweets, some type of reaction about it, that's great. A lot of times, I don't even know what to believe, and I've heard the, the test reading didn't like it, or they liked it. Here's Ant-Man, I really give a shit. I'm sure it's going to be fine. I like the original Ant-Man. I thought it was, was funny. I think that, actually, it's a little bit opposite. Uh, I think that it did have a lot in common with Thor Ragnarok in the sense that it kind of relied too much on humor uh, to get the movie progressing throughout the whole entire fucking thing. And that, at least even though I know a lot of people like that about it, kind of turned me off, but I still enjoyed it and had a good time. But I'm not expecting a lot out of it. I actually care more about the fact that this is a connection in the next movie from the long saga than the actual sequel to the film. But I'm sure that, especially seeing the Wasp as a part of this, because I love, um, oh, God, I can't remember her name. She's in Lost. Um, uh, I know who you're talking about, Evangeline. Uh, Evangeline. Evangeline Lilly. Thank you. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was in love with her at one point uh, years ago. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I, I like her. I think that she's perfect for for uh, you know the role of the original role, and I think that he could have played a great pimp as well. But they did what they did. I think that we're going to see through that weird CGI, you know, um, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer younger. Uh, back then, maybe they'll do a whole entire fucking movie in the past. Who knows? I have no idea. Maybe they'll be in uh, starring in Wonder Woman '84. I don't really care. I'm sure it's going to be a great movie. Swell movie. Yeah, I, I mean the the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is they brought in Goliath, uh, played by Lawrence Fishburne. So I know Ghost is the main villain for the film, but I am curious to see. Does Lawrence Fishburne play more of a uh, friend role, or is he more of a villain? Uh, and if he is a villain, and he turns out to be the actual villain in the end, that could be pretty cool. Seeing Goliath versus, uh, John, you know, Goliath in his in his uh, large form versus Ant Man in his large form, 
that'd be pretty cool to see. So, I mean, there's a lot about this movie yeah. that, that, that seems – go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just said yeah. But um, also, did you hear Lawrence Fishburne saying that he would love to provide the voice for Galactus if they ever do that? I did. I did. And if you're Kevin Feige, you're sitting there and you're like, all right, now I guess I have to fast track uh, Galactus. But, Dane, me and you always said the way phase, uh, phase three, which is what we're in, should end is um, with the idea of, of whether it's Doctor Strange or Wong or someone going, uh, th- there's a bigger threat out there. Uh, and then all you, all you get is just a name. And then they spend, whether it's all of Phase 4 building up to Galactus or whatever. But to me, Galactus has to be the next big bad, like the guy that you build up to. Uh, Thanos was the first one that took, I want to say, like 10 years. Um, and then, uh, uh, so now that we had Thanos, I think the only other guy that you could have fans wait another 10 years for um, or around there is, is a guy like Galactus. And you could do a slow build. You don't have to wait 10 years, but you could do a nice slow build to him, incorporate the Fantastic Four, incorporate Silver Surfer, and then boom, Galactus. And then it's all hell's loose. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm with you, man. Lawrence Fishburne is Galactus. Listen, we all want that. We got him as Silver Surfer. Now it's time to get him as, uh, as the boss. Oh, here, how about this? How about they connect it? Say, fuck it. Just say, screw it to continuity. Somehow, uh, I forgot the, Goliath, the character he's playing in, um, in Ant-Man. I forgot. Ben Foster? Is that it? it doesn't yeah. Matter. Basically, when you find out Galactus, you find out that what happened was he went into the past and got super advanced technology and took it over, and he is actually Galactus. And if his minds will be blown, or no one will give a shit. It'll be amazing. I think, if anything, it'll confuse a lot of people. <laughs> I think, if anything, I think a lot of people will go, what, what am I watching? Like, what is happening here? Um, <laughs> Dan, I al- I always applaud your uh, your ability to get super sweaty. Uh, you are definitely <laughs> one of the coolest uh, sweaty nerds out there. You and John Schnepp could have a sweaty off, and I think you would easily give him a run for his money. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, but, yeah, no, like I said, to see what they do with Goliath will be a lot of fun. Uh, that's that's the, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to in this movie, that – and to see how they deal with the, uh, the events of the snap. That's going to be a lot of fun also. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to, to point out before we leave Marvel news, uh, listen, Marvel fans, you guys have to stop being so gullible. The name of Avengers 4 is not Endgame. If you guys remember, Endgame was floated around before uh, Infinity War came out. And Kevin Feige said, it's not Endgame. The, the, the name you won't know until he's ready to give it. And trust me, I have learned, and we have all learned, there is no assuming or thinking you have a, a upper hand on Marvel. So if anything, if the name was originally Endgame, Kevin Feige's like, all right, so we have to change it. It's, it's not Endgame anymore. They know. We have to figure something else out. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris and Dane, I don't think – I don't think any reporter has ever come out and given us a spoiler about Marvel before uh, Marvel uh, told us about it. I, I don't recall. I, I don't yeah. think so. 
So it's like, yeah, why, why, why would people think it would start now? The, the title is not Endgame. Kevin Feige said, after you get the, the trailer for Captain Marvel, you will get the name for Avengers 4. So relax, people. Stop being so gullible. No one leaked the name of Avengers 4. It is still a mystery. Uh, and honestly, that's the least of my worries is the name. I'm more concerned with how how does Ant-Man and the Wasp right. connect with them going back in time? Why does Steve have his beard cut? Like, there's just so many different right. things that I'm more concerned I, with. I could care less. Yeah. It could be Avengers I 4. Care Who cares? And I would be fine right. with, with that name. Or just call it Avengers 4. I'd be fine. Right, call it Avengers um, 4. Or call it Avengers Glockenspiel. I don't give a fuck. Just saying. <laughs> right. call, it a, just, call it Avengers. Right. People are definitely going to die. And I, I right. think Avengers, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> we fixed everything from the first one, so don't worry. Everybody's back. <laughs> Avengers <laughs> 4, don't worry. Uh, Cap Shades. Like, whatever you decide you to like call to it. Or, or Avengers right. 4, don't worry. Cap's beard wasn't CGI'd. Like, whatever you decide you want to call it, I'm fine with Avengers it. Avengers 4, <laughs> we just bought Fox. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or Avengers 4, this movie will end with Fantastic Four. Whatever. Um, but no, I did want to just point that I did want to just point that out because I see a lot of pages just completely buying into it, as if Marvel has ever been that sloppy to let things out. Um, I mean, once they just call it Infinity War two, we all just go wah wah. Yeah, I mean, listen, we did have Zoe Zodana <laughs> last so year. We we did have Zoe Zodana come out and say that she um that it was gonna be called uh Infinity Gauntlet. Kevin Feige came out and said that's false. So if someone who was on the project uh didn't know the name, I doubt any of these reporters have the name. So Josh Brolin said Zoe Zodana is now a scroll because like Kevin Feige like uh, like you know? Yeah, pretty much. I mean I still wanna I still want to hang on to the hope, Dane. Me and you have been ho- holding on to this. Yeah, who do you I want think is Skrull? Me and Dane in have real been life, since I'm Winter Soldier. For Skrull for saying, never mind, I'm just... I think it's Tony. No, 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 no. We have said, Dane, since Winter Soldier, that uh, Nick Fury is, a, is the Skrull. We have been saying it since then. I yeah, think we are going to remain constant on it. I think Nick Fury actually died, and the Skrull used... Uh, that moment to then infiltrate one of the the most influential guys of of that time, which was Nick Fury. I mean, that was a guy who uh, had so much to do with the Avengers, so much to do with the government. That'd be the perfect guy to infiltrate. Uh, you think he so died when he got his eye scarred, and that's when he really died, but then he came back to life, and now it's just a scar because the scroll's him now? But that fight no. when he got his eye cut is when the scroll took his body? No, I think he, I think he died in Winter Soldier when uh when Bucky shot him. I think he died there he, and they took over. I thought he was been there the whole time. Like, I'm talking about when he first arrived, like when Tony first arrived as Iron Man, day one. There was a scroll in the universe, right? Or am I taking that wrong? No, there wasn't. Because uh, what you're thinking is the Chitari were originally supposed to be scrolls. Then Kevin Feige kind of just nixed that and made them the Chitari. But they were originally supposed to be the Scrolls. Um, I'm kind of glad that they weren't because I think Captain Marvel is going to do such great things 
especially if what I'm hearing is true, and one of the greatest villains of today, Ben Mendelsohn, is supposed to be one of the main villains of Captain Marvel. If that is true, I am so glad we waited for Scrolls because that is the perfect guy to have uh, be, whether it's a super scroll now that we have the right facts, or just a regular scroll. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up because cool. people, people were eating it up like fish food, and that is false. Uh, that is fake news. So, relax, people. But, anyway, uh, let's close out, Dane. I'm going to pass it to you. We have a few more other things. Oh, let me get this, this last one out because the rest of it is. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot one of my favorite ones. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, the guy that finds a way to stress me more than any human being could ever do, uh, released the first official photo, uh, well, poster, I'm sorry, of Glass, the sequel pretty much, I guess, to, I don't know what it would be a sequel to, but anyway, uh, he released the first photo of it, and it has... Yeah, it is a it is a sequel somewhat. I don't know if it's a sequel to Split. No, a prequel. I think it's a sequel to Oh, a prequel. No, it can't be a prequel. A, no, I think it's a sequel. It's a sequel to <laughs> to the Bruce Willis one, the first one I think. Um, and I think this one was a was a. I don't know. It's confusing. I'm sorry. I don't really know. You're right. I got, I got all yeah, no, I think, about it. I got no idea. I think it's a sequel to Split because you got to remember James McAvoy's in it. So I think it's it's a it's a direct sequel to Split. I think the prequel would be the the original one. That was how it started. Split is what came from it, and now we're getting the sequel to all of it. I don't know. It, it's M Night Shyamalan. We could at the end of at the end of Glass, M Night Shyamalan cool could tell us that none though, of it exists. It is a, cool a really poster, cool poster. I I'm like gonna be completely honest. I think it's neat. I'm going to be completely honest. Me and Joel, when we saw Split, we had no idea what, we were, uh, what to expect. When that ending credit uh, kicked off with Bruce Willis popping up, we, we both went bananas. Joel messaged me immediately and was like, dude, did you see it? And I was like, I just left. Uh, it was great. M. Night Shyamalan found a way to, to bring himself back into relevance uh, after just disappointing us after movie after movie after movie. Uh, but I'm really excited for it. James McAvoy got buffed as hell for this role. Dane, what are your thoughts on the first official poster for Glass? You know, good old Anand Shyamalan. Uh, he's he's an interesting character, man. You know, I loved uh, loved Sixth Sense. I really good signs. That alien scene is is fucking scary as shit. Where they were just moving around that birthday party in Brazil. That was a Crazy scene. He, he he can make good movies, and then he can make dog shit. I remember at one point people were saying this was the next Spielberg, but he has had a good comeback. I like that movie that he made not too long ago about the kids going to see their grandparents, and I thought that uh, the movie with James McAvoy that we just said was awesome. Um, Split. I thought that was a great movie. I loved Unbreakable. It's another one of my favorites that he did. I'm glad he's doing a trilogy of sorts now with Glass. Characters interact. Um, the biggest thing is seeing them interact just personally between the characters that we've established. Uh, biggest concern is that you've built up this much, and for some reason you just can't pull it off. And that you know Bruce is going to 
Corbett, or not Bruce Willis playing Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis playing the character Unbreakable. That's my, my biggest worry. Yeah, and and like I said, I said in the in the post when Joel posted on Facebook, shout out to M Night Shyamalan because it's very ballsy to release this movie again in January, um, because a lot of movies come out in December, and we know January is just a month of mindless action films or dramas. Uh, no one really like January is not a huge movie month. Like no one really puts out movies in January. That's why when Split came out, I was just like, this guy is going up against Force Awakens. Like, does he know what he's doing? And Split turned out to be a huge hit. Like, it made a good chunk of money. Um, Force Awakens didn't really kill it like I thought it would. Uh, You also had Triple X that came out around that time. So it was just like, I thought those movies were just like really weird to come out in January, but it worked. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the box office looks like. For, for Glass in January. But like I said, it's very ballsy. Very ballsy of him uh, to put out a movie in January. But Chris, what are your thoughts on the uh, first official poster? Um, I remember... Um, like, I'm a big fan. Like, originally, I, I originally was until I saw The Village. When I saw The Village, I was like, oh, you're an asshole, M. Night. You're a complete jerk. Because I... I I, I really, like, I loved where he was going with in that film to find out what it was in the twist at the end of that one. Just really kind of, I kind of sat away from his films because I kind of felt like I figured out his formula. Because Sixth Sense was good, and so was Signs. I thought Signs was one of the creepiest films I've, I've seen in the theater at the time. So, um, like, but Split was great. Like, I loved the twist at the end. I, I, too, was, like, nudging my wife, and she had no idea. She's like, yeah, it's Bruce Willis. You got hyper. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It connected another film. So she's like, I don't care. But I geeked out on it because I thought it was cool. I thought the poster was great. I don't know how old Bruce Willis is, but he's old. Like, I don't know how how they're going to show him as someone who's unbreakable. I mean, yeah, unbreakable, but he's old. He's aging. So I'm, I'm a little curious to see what they do with it. And you know it's M. Night, so it's not going to be clear. He's going to hide everything. It's going It's not going to be what we think it's going to be. And you're right. Is Bruce going to show up? Or is his character going to show up? And lately, Bruce has just been Bruce and everything he's been doing. So I'm curious to see if M. Night can get him back on track to actually... He's an actual decent actor. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious. I thought the poster was really cool. I love his, his unique take on superheroes and powers and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of refreshing and, and, and a great different contrast to what we've been getting from, like, you know, Warner Brothers and DC and all, and um, Marvel and whatnot. So, for me, I, I geeked out a little bit because I really like Split. So, I'm I'm hoping Glass and Samuel L. Jackson does a great job. Um, this should be cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, they they should be doing a lot of cool things with this movie. It better not be bad, M. Night Shyamalan, or you better not get another, another directing gig for, for these major films again, man. Because uh, if you can mess up Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, and James McAvoy in a movie that weirdly has become uh, some people's most anticipated for next year, then shame on you. Uh, but before we run out of time, I do want to cover this last topic very quickly in your responses, guys. Uh, your thoughts on Jim Carrey being casted as Dr. Robotnik for the Sonic uh, live-action film. Chris, I'll go to you first. First off, I can't believe they're doing that film. And second, 
Um, I think he's a great character actor. So I think he's going to do a fantastic job. Um, he's been kind of out of the, you know, out of the shadows dealing with a lot of lawsuits and the death of his girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm curious to see what he brings to it. I don't really care about the film, but I'll see it if he's in it. Uh, yeah, my biggest issue is uh, I, I know uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit did it pretty well, but I've always hated the idea of having a movie to where the main character is animated and everyone else is like real actual people. I was yeah, that I was weird. But uh, yeah, Dan, what are your thoughts? Around. The reason why it doesn't work is because of the 3D animation. It worked with Cool World and it worked with Roger Rabbit because it was actually animated. And I think it would be way cooler right. if they did that and just fucking just went with it. But, hey, James Marsden's in it, and I've always enjoyed him. I don't think he's playing Sonic. I think he's playing probably the human character. And Jim Carrey's playing Dr. Bur- that, it, it's, it's a positive thing, but I don't really give a shit. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. No one was asking for a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, but I do believe Tim Miller is directing it, so I guess that's a good thing. I, who knows? I think it's producing. <laughs> Huh? I believe he's producing. Oh, he's producing it? Oh, then I care even less. Oh, no, Tim Miller is directing um, the Terminator film. That's what I was thinking yeah. of, right? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's what I was thinking of. All right, well, good job for Tim Miller trying to give us two projects no one really wants or cares about. But anyway, uh, guys, great show. Chris, thank you for joining us. Guys, make sure you check. Chris, tell them where they can check you out on on YouTube. Uh, You can just type in Two Sad Review, or you can check me out on uh, Geek Vibes Nation's YouTube channel. I upload my reviews up there, too. And on Twitter, I am at Two Sad Review. And thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Absolutely. Make sure you guys go check out his videos, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, Dane, we know where to find you, but let us know what day. Thursday is Wrestling Geeks Alliance, right? Or Wednesday? Wednesday is Wrestling Geeks Alliance, and I had a question for you real quick. Full court press related. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how you about LeBron James now being on the Lakers, man? Yeah, man, listen, that that's going to be a fun conversation. Hopefully Nick uh, is back and we can have a show tomorrow. So we can break down all this free agency news. But LeBron going to the Lakers, he got some big shoes to fill from a guy named Kobe Bryant over there. So it's going to be a fun season. Oh, my God, LeBron, what are you doing? (laughs) It's going to be a fun season. um, Listen, it's championship or bust, man. It's championship or bust for him. But thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Geek Vibes Live. We will be back same time next week. Hopefully, Joel, Kanan, and Nick will be there. If not, we already got a team that can hold it down, so it does not matter. Forget those guys. Anyway, thank you guys, and we will see you same time, same place next week. Peace. What? 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 what, what? <laughs> I hate you, Dave. I, was gonna, I did the wrong one. <laughs>
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.